This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, we got a barn burner in Milwaukee. <laughs> Nets are going to win. Gordon and I will talk about that and a whole lot more next. Join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with JP and Jake the Snake. We're here until midnight. Then there's Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, what's going on? I'm laughing at this Milwaukee game. <laughs> I'm laughing at yeah. this game. <laughs> well, look, at least they showed some pride. It's not over yes, yet. But- yes, they did. It's uh, it's not looking good. <laughs> you know, things are not pointed in the right direction if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. If I were a Bucks fan, right? First of all, both teams are shooting as if they've got one hand behind their back. Yeah. But if I'm a Milwaukee fan, and and when they shoot, they cut to the fans outside the stadium. There's a couple of fans who understand what I'm saying, Gordon. Because when Giannis shoots a three, there's people that are putting their hands to their head like, no, not the three. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if uh, maybe uh, Major League Baseball is doctoring the basketballs. Because <laughs> no, the Nets scored to. 11 points in the first quarter. Amazing. The Bucks scored 15 in the second. And both teams, I mean, it's gotten a little better here in the last minute or so. Both teams have really struggled. I mean, and they've gotten open shots. It's not, yeah. oh, wow, what great defense by the Bucks. You know, Durant has had a ton of open shots and has mm-hmm. missed them. Uh, and same thing for the Bucks. They've had a bunch of open threes and just have missed them. So um, we'll see how if the Nets can pull this one out. Uh, obviously playing without Harden again tonight. And you would think, obviously, if they win this one, <laughs> it's definitely over. Oh, there's no question it's over. And, and I expect that they'll win it. I mean, they're, they're, up eight, they're up three. As bad as they've been and as bad right. as they've shot. Yeah. And they're, they're up, up three. three and, and Milwaukee in the game that you – Gordon, in the game you have to have. Like, you've got to have this game. Yeah. This and, is, and this is Giannis, like a game seven for you. Yeah, Giannis, 33 points. Middleton has 31. No one else on the Bucs is in double figures. Nobody. Brooke Lopez is one for seven. Drew Holiday is uh, three for 13. Ouch. Yes. And they've gotten a total of six points off their bench. Struggling, to say the least. Yes. To yeah. say the least. And they just got their goaltending call, so they're down by one. Meanwhile, in Minnesota, Gordon... Oh, and I know it's early, but once again, Giancarlo Stanton getting the Yankee offense off to a good start. Well, look, when he gets hot, he gets, uh, what, what is it, platinum hot, white hot? I don't know what, you want, <laughs> what term you want to use, red hot, blue hot. Uh, he gets super hot when he gets hot. The problem is, is keeping him in the lineup, and it was nice to see even after last night's uh, heroics that he was back in the lineup there again today. Now he's going to have a bunch of days off coming up because mm-hmm. the Yankees have said they're not going to play him in the outfield. So when you play the National League teams, he's not going to play. And they have a day off tomorrow, so he's not going to play. So, you know, for an offense which might start to be finally finding their footing, that's a big piece to to be out of the lineup because there's plenty of times where he's out of the lineup for other reasons. This is why they should have had the universal DH. Absolutely. I'm just saying, this is why. You're worried about offense. Gordon, yeah. you're worried about offense. Could you put the universal DH in the National League where we got we got eight hitters other than the yeah. Grom? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so silly that you actually tried it for a year and everybody's like, well, we're never going to go back. And then baseball's like, no, we'll go back. We'll go back to having the pitchers hit because it makes absolutely no sense to have both leagues not with the same rules. Uh, it's just it, it, that would not happen in any other sport. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be. It's going to be frustrating for the Yankees if they – it's great that they're winning these games against the Twins. They always win games against the Twins, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's about carrying this forward. And this is this is like rock bottom because if you had not beaten the Twins, well, then, I mean, like the Bucks losing tonight, you would know it's officially over. You can't yeah. beat the Twins. It's over. So it's nice that it's not completely over yet, but they got to take – if they can finish this one off tonight, and it's only in the fifth inning, but if they can finish this one off tonight and move forward to the weekend – they got to start picking up some wins. No other way to put it and start scoring some runs. Listen, uh, if he's got to be rested, let him be well rested for your series against the Jays next week. Yeah, well, I, I, I guess you have to, all right? And, and I, it's not that I can't really say that I criticize the Yankees for not playing him in the outfield. No, you know, you, absolutely. You know, he goes out there and then he turns. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't been out there all year. 
has been out there for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think you know they keep saying we're thinking about playing him in the outfield, but it's going to be down the road. I'm thinking, yeah, December seventeenth, they're going to give him a shot <laughs> in the outfield. I mean, come on, if you're not playing him in the outfield in a weekend series where you're in the National League Park and you want to keep it, I mean, he's red hot right now. He is. You're never going to play him in the outfield. Oh, it's so it's, it's so frustrating. Boy, if you're a Yankee fan right now, you're just like, why do we have to play the Phillies now? Right. <laughs> Can we not play them now? And 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 again, you know, it's the obstacles the Yankees put in front of him as well, keeping mm-hmm. him out of the lineup, uh, you know, to keep him rested, keep him off his feet, as they say. It's just very frustrating for a guy who's making, again, $30 million a year, mm-hmm. and all he has to do is swing the bat, and you Must can't keep nice. him in the lineup. Yeah, it's good Must work if you it. can get it, Larry. Oh, oh, <laughs> good work if you can it. get it. I wish I could get it. Drew Holiday with a basket, so the Bucks are up one by, with eleven, little over 11 seconds left, 84-83. But the Nets have the basketball, and they've got – let me see. Who do, who do I want to take the final shot? Maybe Kyrie, maybe Durant. Uh, I got choices. <laughs> yes, you do have choices. I would be. I would bet that it's probably KD because it seems like they've been trying to go to him. But if the KD gets it off the off the catch, then it'll probably be Kyrie. It ended up being Bruce Brown because they they messed up the inbounds play. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, the Bucks are lucky. They as two point eight. They could still lose it. But it's two point eight. <laughs> it's amazing. That's the way you look at it, right? They got a lead with two point eight seconds to go. You can still lose it. You, you can still lose it. They can still lose it. They can still lose it. But uh, you know, this is a boy. They are lucky. They got this one. They are lucky because they really didn't play well. They, they, no. their team didn't show up. No, you know, their team didn't. Show. Listen, I tell the Kumpo. Listen, give him credit. He did what he had to do. Uh, shot selection. I mean, Gordon. He's dominating in the paint. As I'm going back and forth to Yankees, he's got dominating in the paint. Then he decides, you know what? Let me shoot the three. <laughs> no. Why would you do that? You know you can't hit the three. You know you can't hit it consistently. What are you no. doing? Yeah. What are you doing in the game? You got to win. Listen, it turns out right. It turns out right for them. Um, Gordon, more reaction to Pete Alonzo. More reaction to... Uh, I guess sticky gate. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen in baseball. Uh, we'll hear from the former Met, Terry Collins weighs in, uh, former Met manager. Also, Rob Dibble. I, and you heard him this morning, Gordon. I used to, he, I used to be on his show all the time when I was covering Jets. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> he was one of the nasty boys for a reason. Yes. <laughs> so I have no doubt that he put something on the baseball, Gordon. I got no doubt. There's no there's no question in my mind whether it was pine tar, whether it was whatever it was that he used, I'm sure he put something on the baseball. And, and when he threw it, Gordon, it was up and in. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I wonder, though, like, it doesn't feel like Dibble's retired that long ago, but I'm mm-hmm. sure it's, it's a long time ago now. He was one of those guys that was throwing – 98 99 back then i wonder if he had come along now would he be throwing harder is he was he just you know have have people kind of caught up to where he was back then or is it the type of thing where if he came along now he'd be throwing even harder because it seems like what he was throwing back then there's a bunch of guys who are throwing that now it's very very odd and they were all in tampa (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah, they do have a lot of them. Yeah, they do have a lot of them. And they're all in Tampa. But, yeah, I, I, that is interesting. But I, I think he was just – you know what, Gordon? I think he was the beginning of what we're seeing. You know what? I think mm-hmm. he was the beginning of that, and then they just continued to, to develop. And, you know, it's it's like 100 – I mean, look at – look at um, um, oh, I can't think of his name. Just went right out of my mind. Um, what team? Your closer. Oh, Chapman. Look when he was 101, everybody was like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, he's got when he was with Cincinnati. Oh my God! It's, yeah, it's, what was he? He's unhittable. You can't do right. anything with him. And now everybody, not everybody, everybody. but there's a bunch of people. A bunch of guys. A bunch of guys are throwing 96, 97. I mean, when guys used to throw 96, 97, you're like, "Oh my God, this guy's throwing 96." You know, it used to be that Nolan Ryan was the only guy. Oh, he hit a hundred on the on the radar gun, and he was it. That was it for like That's the longest right. time. Yeah. And then you yeah. saw some guys who could throw, you know, super hard, but it was not that you'd go to the bullpen, get one guy that could throw 98, and then call on another guy that could throw 98. That 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 that's new. Yeah, you're right. 
This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, before we get to the calls and hear from Terry Collins, this basically, the Yankee game has turned into an opener game. Was this supposed to be an opener for King, or did he just, like, throw too many pitches? Wow, 69. I think he threw yeah, too many pitches. Yeah, yeah, 69. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, you know, I just don't think he's built up that much. So, yeah, it's going to be going to be uh, through the bullpen the rest of the way. And, you know, when you get the, the three-run home run early, you think, all right, this is going to be, you know, you beat the Twins all the time. Now, all of a sudden, it's a 4-2 game. It's, uh, you know, uh, still a long way to go. And you, you think that they'll they'll probably be able to figure it out with their bullpen. But uh, it's not it's not in the bank just yet. Let's put it that way. Felt bad for Chris Giddens. Yeah, that was a tough break <laughs> for him, right? I felt bad for him. Yeah, I, I mean, he's not had the easiest of times of it since coming up. But, uh, look, I, I, you know, it took, it took uh, Andujar a little while. Now he's got a history of being able to play up at this level, and, and Gittins mm-hmm. doesn't. But it's not like the Yankees got – you know, until Luke Voigt comes back, <laughs> I don't need to see – I don't need to see – like, I don't know that Giddens will ever hit at all. But I, I'm pretty sure Odor's not going to hit it all either. So it's not like, you know, the Yankees have a lot of great options there. So I would keep throwing them out there and, and seeing if it clicks here in the next couple of days. And Mike Ford wasn't hitting at all. Oh, my God. I, I'm good on Mike Ford. I'm good on Mike Ford. And Gins looks like he can handle the baseball around, handle handle the glove around first base. Yeah, I mean that's the one. Th- I mean, it's, again, outside of when Lemayhew plays over there, and he's just a really good athlete that can kind of cover that position, even though it's not really his natural position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Ford was not any great shakes. Jay Bruce, remember him? I mean, that was that was a Ooh. disaster as well. So, Ooh. yeah, until Luke Voigt gets back here, I think. Um, you know, maybe there's a possibility they can find someone that can play first base and hit a little bit, but um, I wouldn't get my hopes up. I, I don't think that there's going to be any mass, massive changes here, and especially if they're going to put any resources into adding anywhere, I think it would be center field. Can I just throw something wild at you? Yeah, give it to me. Rather than – I, why don't they ask Stanton to pick up the glove at first? I'd rather they, play him at first than the outfield. Larry. They don't want him to be on his feet. <laughs> I'm just trying to. They, you know, it'd be one thing if they said, you, you know, we don't feel comfortable with him running around in the. And they, no, they like to get him off his feet. They don't want him to be standing too much. They are petrified he's going to get hurt and make them look even worse. I mean, they are terrified that he's going to get hurt. So they're just going to give him rest whenever they can and, and have him just de- be the sole DH. And think about it if he could play anywhere. That would open up the DH spot for, for a bunch of other guys. But they're not going to do that. You could, think of it. You could have Sanchez in the DH. He's hitting right now. Right, yeah, absolutely. you help you a catcher. Absolutely. That would be a big boost. I mean, I'd, I'd say, like, I, I would ask him to pick up the first baseman's glove, Gordon. I mean, throw, take some shots at first base. Yeah, he would have to make a, a trip to the, the, the – uh, <laughs> Dick's Sporting Goods or something to pick up a first baseman. I don't think he has a first baseman's glove, so oh, – just, just a thought. I mean, just yeah. a thought. 1-800-919-3776. Spike is in St. Pete. He leads us off on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Spike? Well, I got to eat crow. I said they wouldn't lose another game. And this is why we love sports, you guys. Mm-hmm. You, I could have bet used promo code Gordon and bet any amount of money, you know how you make your own odds, that the game would end up under 180. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, you can't make that up. Now, was it bad offense or was it great defense? I tend to go with the uh, the, the bad offense. The defense yeah. improved, but, but yeah. this guy can't shoot, Larry. You you can't have your best player miss so many free throws and so many threes. I, know. I, know. I mean, you can't. He should be putting up those threes. He's not a three-point shooter. Stop yourself. I mean, he hits oh, one or two of them, but stop. <laughs> you got it in front of you. What did, he, what did he make, one out of eight or something? One out of eight. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. What, did he do, what did he do in the front? How many did he miss? Five, six, three throws? Uh, he was four of nine from the line. Oh, he improved. <laughs> I'm not knocking him, guy. Listen, no, I, I know. He's a tre- I go down. Tremendous I just, player. I just, that's free points. Mm-hmm. So, they're free points. You played. The coach tells you they're free points. Take 500 of them a day, especially when you're tired. You know the drill. 
Absolutely. And, uh, and how do the Nets run a play? I know the ball was a scramble to get that guy, the, the Brown, with a left hand. Uh, I thought he was going to pass I, it I, off I, to uh, to uh, Harris in the corner because Harris was wide open in the corner. I figured for sure. But he, I mean, Harris missed a I mean, the Nets just missed a bunch of easy shots tonight. A bunch of guys did. Even Durant well, before he kind of well, heated up there at the end. Lord, if this was a horse race, they would think Bob Baffert was the trainer. That's <laughs> right. the way it's going in life. Yeah. Harris was one of like 11 tonight. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I can't make any – listen, listen, they miss Harden. If Harden, they would have won easy. He just would have gotten out of line. He, he organized that. I mean, I never saw Durant have such an inefficient game either. Yeah, yeah. this was his yeah. worst night. He still finished with 30. And they almost won. That's yeah. right. They almost won. Look – Look, I'm I'm starting to I'm wrong. I told everybody my big mouth. I don't. They shouldn't have lost this game, but no, they, they should have won so this I'm game wrong. too. Absolutely, they should have won this game. I mean, easily. I mean, mm-hmm. they, 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 I, I I turned it on. I was in that. I turned it on. I, I walked in. I said, "What?" It was like I, I want to say it was like twenty-eight to seven or some stupid score like that. And I've watched enough basketball to know that's meaningless. And they see eleven points in the first quarter. You know, especially I mean, with that team. It, it, it's. Hard to explain this one, boy. So I'll go uh, listen to the program and watch the Yankee game. And but this one is uh, it's going to get a lot of talk tomorrow. And, and this is what I, I don't believe. And don't buy it because you, you know me really well, and I know you guys really, really well. Don't tell me Milwaukee's back in this series. No, they're not. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Now, if I mean, Milwaukee were to work. win Game Four. You want to bet? I'll, I'll make you a side bet for a cup of coffee, both of you friends of mine make your side bet that the bet the over in the fourth game yeah well i would oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would take yeah i would uh i would agree with that um you but if, look, Gordon, the, though. the bucks save their save their pride a little bit tonight if they mm-hmm. want to save the series they got to go out and win game four as well and and, and, and maybe then people you might say feel a the, during the day i heard them say uh, uh, bootenholes jobs on the line Oh, he's won 50 games. That I mean, doesn't matter. If you keep losing in the playoffs, like they keep losing in the playoffs, with a with uh, look, this know, guy, a this guy, Anthony. Remember, Larry? I'll leave you with this. Remember when I mm-hmm. nicknamed them Six Steps? Yes, I do. Yeah. Now everybody's and, taking and, and Six talk- Steps. Right. <laughs> I was talking to Michael about it, and and, and I was, and Michael said that um, that they, they were supposed to get the kid on Atlanta, Bogdanovich, and it fell through. Whatever the machinations mm-hmm. were. And he says, they miss him. And I said, well, Atlanta at least has guys that can shoot. That's right. I mean, <laughs> this is this is game is about as big of an aberration. And I'll eat my crow tomorrow uh, that they would. But this is uh, – you, you couldn't make this up and convince anybody that this game was 86-83 <laughs> with these two teams. Anyway, boys, have a great night. Enjoy it. Let's go, Yankees. All right, Spike. Thanks for checking in. Well, listen, I, I – Gordon, after the first two games, I could see the 86 for the Bucks. The 83 right. is the aberration. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the, the aberration. Nets. Yeah. Well, look, uh, I, I don't. It's great that for the Bucks that they won, and at least it's you know decent. Still technically a series, right? Mm-hmm. At least they didn't get embarrassed by getting swept. But mm-hmm. uh, if they're if they're, I don't know what you really can take from this game moving forward, because I don't think that it was not the Bucks that forced the Nets to miss those shots. It was more the Nets just you know having an off night. Uh, for whatever reason, and KD having an off night. And it wasn't like Kyrie was hitting any shots down the stretch either. So now he didn't take as many shots down the stretch, but he, it wasn't like he was, uh, you know, carrying the load or anything like that. So, you know, you go back to the drawing board. I think the Nets will be fine. Here's what you take away if you're Milwaukee. P.J. Tucker, you got to give me some points. I can't just have you. I know you're defending Durant, but you got to give me something on the offensive end. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no points. You got to. What is going? On? What is Gary Sanchez doing? I'm sorry, I just looked up and I see him running out of the baseline, going oh, to third. God, it's, I'm on a delay here, so I got to wait Again. and see what wait. this disaster here, is going to be. Here it is. Here it is, Gordon. Check it out. Oh my God. Uh, I want to get your reaction. <laughs> what is it that he doesn't understand when it's in front of him? You don't go. Well, no, there was first and second, so it was a four. He had to go. 
He had to go. Uh, but, I mean, just get tagged out. You don't have to look like you're getting chased by a bee. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like I, th- I'm, I thought he was because he ran out of the best. So it caught my attention. I'm looking down. Right. I'm looking at PJ. No, look, well, look, I, he's like, right. oh, there's, there's a reason why you thought he was running with, when he didn't have to run because he's done that before. No, I understand why you thought that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can just run to the third baseman or run back to the bag to force a throw. Maybe that would be fine. Yes. Um, just don't, don't, don't start running into left field. Like you, you, you got some secret plan there or something. I don't know. Very exactly. Odd. But once again, he interrupted my whole train of thought. Uh, once again, you get PJ Tucker, you're going to give me something. And Brooke Lopez Gordon, how come they can't find a way to get him in the series? He had three points on seven shots. I mean, he's posted up. Can't you find a way to get him to get something from him? Yeah. Middleton and uh, Giannis combined to score 79 of the Bucks points tonight. That's the highest percentage of any team, uh, team's points by a duo in NBA playoff history. Wow. Yeah. So somebody's <laughs> going to – they got to find ways to get some other guys involved and, and scoring because that's not going to – I mean, I, I thought Giannis uh, w- was kind of fortunate sometimes with some of the sh- – it just seemed like he was just gearing up and – he, they were guarding him one-on-one with Blake Griffin, and he was just mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. And he had a decent – you know, he had a good night scoring the ball, but um, I, I don't think that that's a, a game plan. You're going to have to get some other guys to step up. There's no question. And, what, it took him, like, what, 56 shots <laughs> to score those points? Yeah. He, he, uh, more than efficient. Was, uh, 14 of 31. Yeah. And one of eight of three, four of nine at the line. 14 mm. – re- I mean, you look at the line, and you'll 33 the points, good. 14 yeah. rebounds. but Solid. Yeah, not the most efficient. And Middleton, I mean, look, Middleton put up 35, so, I mean, that's a lot. But outside of that, Brooke Lopez had three. Drew Holiday, four of 14, had nine. Uh, Had the game winner, though. Portis had four. Bobby (laughs) our old pal Bobby Portis chipping in with four points. Mm -hmm. Big. Yeah. Big off that bench. Six points off that bench. And the Nets, you were talking – Spike was talking about the Nets betting that game. Nets were actually getting three and a half, so if you bet the Nets tonight, you won. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Wow. How were they an underdog? I guess because Harden <laughs> was out and to figure, you know, the scene shift. Look, Vegas knows, man. I mean, they, they don't, they're not making any mistakes there. <laughs> Didn't they see the first two games of this series? I, you would have thought, <laughs> right? Well, you know what? The, the Net fans who or people who bet the Nets kind of got a little lucky, right? I mean, because yeah. you, you see that line. You're like, oh, the Nets are going to win this game going away. I'm getting points. Well, you, you just, you just mm. got the win. Mm. DJ got an RBI single. That's well, what we're talking about. That's, See, that's, that's what you like. They could, they could certainly use that. Could certainly use that. You know, it, the problem is, and they were talking it on the on about on the K show today. Like, if you're not happy that the Yankees are doing this, well, you know, what's wrong with you? Uh, it, it's just it feels like it's when you've played six. This is going to be 63 games, and the other 60, they look like one thing. And then you have these three games against the Twins, which they always look great against the Twins. Yeah, it's kind of hard to – it's kind of hard to – I enjoy it. I want to see them win. But do I think that all of a sudden the Yankees have flipped the, the switch and, and now all of a sudden they're going to be right back in the thick of things? No. I think no. that they still have lots of issues to, to deal with. And, and it's mainly the offense. So it's great that they're scoring some runs. It's a nice break for a change, but – Wake me when they're playing other t- teams other than the Twins and maybe the Orioles. Gotcha. You're, you know, you're jilted right now. You, you know, you, you I know, but they were talking to today like, you know, well, Don was talking about how, you know, Yankee fans are never going to be happy because they haven't won the World Series. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I mean, you're, you're basically saying that if they, since they haven't lost the World Series, we should be satisfied. And, I don't, you know, you have expectations coming into a year. And if they win tonight, they'll be, what, five games over 500 with a third of the season gone. I can see why Yankee fans have been frustrated by watching this team and upset. And, and maybe, you know, the firing of people at this point uh, might be jumping the gun a little bit. But when you aren't going to make any changes with the players, we know that. And you see the season slipping away. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if any other team was in that same situation that the manager's job would be on the line. Oh, there's no question. And, uh, you know, under normal circumstances, his job would be on the line. Right. <laughs> but but the problem just... is the GM is the guy who handpicked him. And uh, yeah. he's, he's not, you know, if you get rid of him, then who's, who's the next guy they're going to be looking at? 
uh, the head of Sabermetrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's who, that's who, you know, when is his job going to be on the line? Well, that's when I want to know. As when soon is as his we job find out who that person is. Hard to stay in Damer on 987 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. You can also reach us on Twitter at Gordon Damer at Hardesty ESPN. At 98 underscore ESPN. Yeah, you can reach us on Twitter. See what you got to say. Go ahead, let's go back to the phones. Buddha is in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, my people? Hey, What's Buddha. What's going on, Buddha? How are you? Listen, you know, yesterday I was I, I had to get out you with uh, Gordon. But listen, tonight I got to get out of Uncle Lad. Uncle Lad, I love you. You're a Mets fan. And your Knicks fan, you could care absolutely less what DJ is doing. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking out for me, Buddha. He's looking out for my sanity. Buddha, yeah, if you I, knew, mine if, as well. if you knew how miserable Gordon has been <laughs> with this offense, <laughs> you'd understand. <laughs> but, but, wait a though. But I've been right there with him. And I know, listen, I love you. Uncle Lad, I love you. I love you like cold breakfast and more, like some Captain Crunch with some ice cold milk. But you can get absolutely less. <laughs> and I know. <laughs> it's good for the show. Listen, it's good for the show when the Yankees are rolling. <laughs> it's good for Larry's eardrums as well, you know? <laughs> Yo, Gordon, don't listen to this guy, man. He's no good, man. Nah, he's he's looking out for me. Trust me. I got enough haters in life, you know? Larry's looking out for me. Looking out for my sanity. All right, listen. You know, with the Bucks, I fully expected them to lose, as you did in the last minute and change, Uncle Ab. But, listen, Dick Colston, they're treading water. <laughs> we know they're not winning the series. They're not even pushing to six games, and we all know that. You know, the sad fact of it is, really, the sad fact is that as good as the individual talent is in the NBA these days, the collective talent in terms of teams is not what, you know, any of us are accustomed to, and especially in terms of in this playoff basketball. I mean, Denver, wow. What a waste. I came home from work the other night, man. Listen, I came home from work the other night. You know, I, it was late for work. I recorded the game. Whoa. You know, are they? Uh, are, is Denver going to win more than one game? Is Milwaukee going to win more than one game? I don't it's horrible. know. The only saving grace I have, the only saving grace I have, is when I look at uh, Durant. And um, aside from, from his... Um, you know, social media antics and things like that. In terms of the, the top five greatest offensive players I've seen, I saw Jordan in his prime. I saw the Iceman in his prime. Mm. I saw Mr. Alcinder and Kareem in his prime. I saw Durant and I saw Kobe. Yo, Durant is a bad boy, man. He is. He's a no bad question. boy. He is. He's a bad boy. We could not like him all we want in terms of how he acts or what he responds to. He's an effortless, effortless scorer from every point on that court, three-point line, within the three-point line, 20 feet in, foul line, below the foul line, and above the rim. He's a beautiful player, man. And, and usually, a lot of respect for him. and usually, Buddha tonight is a surprise. Usually, very efficient too. That's the thing that really gets you, right? Because he, we know he can score from anywhere. Thanks for the phone call, Buddha. We know he can score from anywhere, Gordon. But it's his efficiency in scoring, and it's the ease, like like Buddha said, effortlessly. He can and he can, he can handle. He can get to anywhere he wants to go. He's like a guard. He can get to anywhere he wants to go, get any shot he wants, and and he just makes it easy. Makes it look easy. Yeah, and to think that he is still this player after the injury he suffered two years ago today.
Uh, it yeah. was two years ago today he suffered that Achilles injury. So the fact that he has been able to get back to that level is uh, is very impressive, and uh, he is he's an all timer. No no question about that. He is indeed. JP's in Brooklyn. What's up, JP? Hey, fellas, thanks for having me. But uh, Larry Gordon, I've been complaining about this all week <laughs> before it happened. Yes, it was, on, it was on. I need, uh, I, I need at least 10 points yeah. from Blake Griffin. Yeah. I give me 10 points, 10 rebounds. You know, we win this game easily. Well, he only took five shots. Like this guy, but Blake, but Blake is sitting on the perimeter. He's camping out. But he's it's four against five. You know that, right? I hope that's what you're watching. It's four. Yeah, well, against I mean, it's kind five. of tough for him to to score points if he doesn't get any shots. He's taking he shots. Need, in the he needs a rebound. No, 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 stop that. Well, he said he needed ten <laughs> points. He only took five <laughs> shots. He'd have to go five for five, or he'd have to get a couple of threes. I guess. Offensive rebounds. He could the system plays for him tonight. But you he, said he you needed know, to get 10 he points. Looked, he didn't look too he didn't look good. He didn't look good. He, he's it's not a weird fascination so, you have so, with Blake Griffin. So J, yeah, so JP, look, what what is it about about Blake Griffin that is bothering you? What what, what why are you picking on him? He's yeah. played very well, well considering the way he's he, come back he from because on the on the on the road, on the road, you need a beast you know, inside. You know, Kevin Durant is worldly. We know what he can do. And tonight he was toying. I hope you watched this game. This guy is so dangerous. He was toying with these guys. He, cause he felt well, maybe down the stretch he was, but a lot of the late third, early fourth, he, he was just as bad as everybody. I mean, he missed 17 of the 28 shots he took. Which is true. Look at him. He played. That's why I said on the road, the game at home doesn't translate on the road. That's why you need those little, you know, uh, uh, somebody who can score inside, beat them up. If you want to, you you want to point to, to guys pass. who need to step up their game a little bit, I would be pointing my finger at Kyrie Irving. I mean, he was nowhere to be found. How about Joe yeah, Harris? This is Joe Harris. Game. Oh, my God. This Joe Harris. Game. This is Kyrie's third game where he's just been like 20, 21, 24 points. He's been very quiet, you know, but um, I'm telling you, this is a big man's game. Well, all right. You know, I hear you, JP, but listen, here's the thing. As, as much as you can pick on Blake Griffin, and thanks for the phone call. If Bruce Brown, I don't know where the Nets would have been tonight without Bruce Brown. Yeah, right. Yeah. He was, how about him? He had 16 points. He was eight. And I was screaming because I'm like, (laughs) Bruce Brown is putting is is going up against Brooke Lopez. I'm like, he can't guard him. No. Why are you swing? Why are you putting Lopez on him? He can't guard him. He's so great. And he did the same going did the same move every time. And then he stopped and flipped the ball up and went in. And then he's yelling. And Bruce Brown, ah like he did. <laughs> I just I was laughing. Yeah. I, I don't know if Bruce Brown is gonna get a seventeen shots moving forward. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that was a little surprising. Well, but listen, he was they he needed the they well, needed I, I, no, I'm not I'm not blaming him. He I mean, it you was know, better than what? than a lot of the other performances tonight, especially Absolutely. Joe Harris who was, yeah. was abysmal, but Yep. Mike's in Queens. Mike? I don't want any play-by-play, Mike. Just tell me what you thought of the Islanders series and what's going on next going on to the next series. I can't do the goals. <laughs> Okay, I wasn't going to do that, actually. If you gave me a chance, I wasn't going to do that. But, uh, oh, right. okay, then. But uh, I don't believe that. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, you called the Islanders Saints because you did not get enough penalties. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, I have one thing to say to you. New York Saints, New York Saints, New York Saints. Bruce Cassidy, you can put a halo on that. And if you don't have a halo, I will push these guys up to Boston and give you one with a pound of tissues because you'll be crying from now until October. New York Saints, New York Saints, the Saints are going to go marching on. Saints advance to round three. I'm going to Tampa. I'm in Florida. I'm in Miami, actually. I got to go to Tampa. I got to go to FLA, Southeast. Got to see the beautiful women. I was hoping for Denver, Rocky Mountain High. It's okay. Who doesn't love Miami? Tampa Bay is going to be a tough team. Last year, but this year, in a new year, uh, we got fans back, which is good. 
Now, the beginning, which I know you all love so much, okay? Round two, game six, at home, the old born thought never lose, the college, Hill 55, Hempstead, Turnpike, Uniondale, to the God, Dawn Island. Save the Pietro. All right, Mike. Thanks for your Islander report. That's going to be interesting. I, like I wasn't going to do that. He was absolutely. He had that all written out, Larry. <laughs> he was going to that well one more time. Yes, Rob. He was flu- he was he was looking through the papers. He was looking through the research materials after you told him not to do that part. I, I wasn't going to do that. No, no, of course. Not. You know, I mean. Listen, I'm trying not to have anybody's phone ring, including mine. <laughs> <laughs> especially especially yours, right? Especially mine. Right. I don't want anybody's phone to ring. I mean, no. you know, the play-by-play was nice for a while, but, you know, it, right. got, it was just like right. wearing us out. Yes, we, we, we got to move know. on. Yeah, we had to. You know, love it. Was, it was cute in the beginning, but, you yes. know, I didn't want my phone ringing. And, no. I, and I know somebody else's phone, they don't want their phone ringing either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Mrs. Damer angry at me. No, Gordon. No. Why are they, Why is this? Trust why, me, she's why? already mad at me most of the time. Anyway, Larry, you don't. You don't want that. You don't want that. What do they call? Kids call. You don't want that smoke. <laughs> I definitely don't. No. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight. On 9870 ESPN. Hardy Stan Damer till midnight. Here's a plea for the owners and players. Come together (laughs) right now. Forget it. You'll be waiting for the Beatles to get back together before that happens, Larry. (laughs) Come together. Save our sport. (laughs) No. No. There's a there's a dime in the corner and they're gonna fight over that now. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Everybody was reacting to uh, Pete Alonzo's comment yesterday, really accusing Major League Baseball of altering the baseballs depending on who's the free agent. Now, Terry Collins spoke, and he's not sure that he agrees with Alonzo as far as that is concerned, but he does agree that, uh, you know, Major League Baseball is messing up the game, fooling around with pitchers. Here's what Terry had to say. For me, it's all about the command of, of the thing, being able to command it, doing what you want with it. And hitters, you know, hitters always make adjustments. And, and I, you know, I, that's why I said, you know, I, I, I'm so tired of hearing about, uh, you know, geez, the pitchers are doing this, the pitchers are doing that. We've got to, you know what, put a batter in that batter's box. And I was a hitter, you know, as you know. And, you know, suck the pitch inside anymore because they're all, they're got, they got elbow pads on. And, you know, let's just go play the game. Let's take all that stuff away and say, okay, we're going to go all, we're just going to go play and, and we'll see who's better. Pitchers or hitters. Now, Terry Collins told our own Chris Carlin right before this show that, yeah, you know, MLB is messing up the game. Chris, I, I will tell you what, they're messing with the game. Making the baseball softer, I have no idea. But, you know, MLB is messing with the game itself. And Pete has a better idea about that than I do. You know, he squares up a lot more balls than I ever squared up. So um, I understand where he's coming from. But I will tell you what, you know, this game is about the guys doing the best they can to make sure they they're can pitch the best they can and or hit the best they can. So it's a two-way streak for me. And, you know, and I, and I, and I think it gets blown out of proportion sometimes. It's interesting, uh, Gordon, to hear. And now Terry Collins, when you say old-school manager, that's right. an old school manager. Right. He, not saying that he couldn't adjust to sabermetrics, but he's he he's not running to the sabermetrician to talk about lineups. There's no question no. about that with Terry. And you know, I think it's it's going to be kind of down those lines, Gordon, where you might have some old school guys like a Show Walter, like a uh, you know, like a Collins, somebody like that, who would say, you know what, let's you know, there's got to be a way we can do this without fooling around and messing this game up like this. Yeah, and you might make the argument that Terry Collins might be the last of the old-time managers, at least here in New York. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be any, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think there's going to be a guy who's coming in, any, certainly not for the Yankees, I don't think for the Mets either, that's going to have, mm-hmm. you know, total autonomy on the bench and, and be able to do with what whatever he wants to do with the lineup and the players and this and that. So um, I think he's right. I mean, it's it's baseball, I mean, 
Terry obviously has a far deeper knowledge of it being in the game, but just mm-hmm. being outside the game, just being a fan of the game. Look at the things that you see, right? I mean, the yeah. decisions that they make, the rule changes that they make that we scream about all the time. It's obvious that I don't know what their, well, I guess it's money, but their their actual interest in, in fixing problems, it's a very strange way to go about things. And obviously, if you're going to have Terry Collins on, you got to ask him about Jake DeGrom. I have never seen this before. Never. From anybody. I mean, I don't care. Doc, Nolan Ryan, I never saw anything like this. I give Jake all the credit. This guy, he competes like crazy, and, and he's made adjustments. He's saying right now, hey, look, I can throw the ball 100 miles an hour with my four-seam fastball up in the strike zone. They can't hit it because they can't get to it with, their, with the swing pass now that's in there. And once they start, I start to see him try to catch up, they got to speed the bat up. I'm throw, I throw so hard, they've got to commit their swing early. So now my slider plays. So instead of trying to be, to be a pitcher like he was when he first got up with a two-seam fastball and use his changeup, and you know what? He's got so many weapons because you have got to be able to get to that fastball. And if you can't, you know, that's why, that's why he's been so successful. But I give him all the credit in the world for all the adjustments he's made. You know, Gordon, um, with all the accolades that Jacob DeGrom is getting, and he deserves them, uh, I could not help but reflect back and watch Matt Harvey against the Mets last night and just just watch how far he has fallen. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gordon, before before it was – DeGrom day, it was, yeah, no, it was Matt Harvey day, the absolutely. dark night. He mm-hmm. was, I mean, started for the Mets in the all-star game and the first one that they had at City Field and Matt Harvey was on the mound. And it's just, it is just amazing how he has fallen, Gordon. Gordon, it's yeah, amazing. I mean, the list of guys that come back from that thoracic outlet syndrome is not very deep. Uh, and that was, he had some other stuff going on as well. Uh, and then that kind of was the, the you know, obviously in, other injury stuff with the Tommy John and all. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty clear that he's never, he's never going to get back to the guy he, he originally was. But even being one of those guys who kind of reinvents himself and, and still has a, a pretty good degree of success, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case either. You know, I, I know Met fans, a lot of them have no love lost for Matt Harvey. I, I don't know, man. I think the guy, you know, kind of left it all out there. And his personality, I get, was a little tough to take at times. But I don't like to see anybody struggle like that, you know, especially as young as he was when it, it all kind of fell apart. So, yeah, it's it's been rough to uh, to watch him um, struggle as much, especially since he was great against the Yankees. <laughs> against <them. laughs> oh, well. But no, I don't want to see anybody struggle to that degree. And it's been a rough few years for Matt. It really has. It really has. And you know, you forget sometimes you forget about how good he was to right. watch him. Now you would know if somebody just came him from right. Pluto, they wouldn't know like he couldn't have been that great. I mean, it was well, unbelievable why he was. This is a stat I saw. I don't remember where I saw it today, but this is if, if you needed to know any further evidence of how great Jacob Degrom is. We I always talk about OPS plus ERA plus, where a hundred is league average, right? Mm-hmm. If you're below a hundred, you're below average. If you're above a hundred, you're above average. If you are, say, an ERA uh, plus of like 200, uh, that is like top of the league. Mm-hmm. DeGrom's ERA plus this year is 623. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> 623. <laughs> now, look, he spent a couple of stints on the DL or he's missed some time as a result. But in 10 starts, his ERA plus is 600. I mean, that that's like... What Barry Bonds did at hitting, at least through the nine starts that he's made, that's the level that he's living on right now. And he still could have more wins than what he's gotten if this team scored when he was. Oh, no, I mean, he, I mean, look, he should be – I'd have to go through the game log. I mean, he's given up four earned runs all season. <laughs> it's crazy. It's four earned runs and nine starts. I mean, that's it's insane. It is. It really is. Rob Dibble was on KJZ this morning, and uh, he weighed in on some of the things Pete Alonso had to say yesterday. 
It's 100% correct. How about this? Major League Baseball buys Rawlings in 2018. Major League Baseball owns the baseball company. <laughs> the manufacturer. So they think they can manipulate the balls any way they want. But I don't even think about that. I love what you guys just said. We should be celebrating these guys. These Nick Castellos is having a great yes. uh, <clears throat> season with Cincinnati. Winker's having a great season. Uh, you got you got a bunch of 23-year-old guys that are close to 20 home runs right now. So you, you, you essentially have some of the greatest – stars in baseball. How about this? How about the commissioner saying Mike Trout should promote himself? <laughs> Could you imagine if the NBA didn't promo- promote LeBron James? Can you imagine That's if the, the, the NFL didn't promote its stars? It's right. crazy. It's crazy. The, the, they need a new commissioner. They need it as fast as possible. And and it's just, it's awful. So there's, there's so many great stars in baseball right now. And I agree with you guys. We should not be talking about the negative side of it. Boy, if you thought Rob Dibble was unhappy with the commissioner, just wait till you hear what he thinks about analytics. <laughs> what Josh Donaldson said was hot garbage. What these writers are writing about is hot garbage. The analytics people are destroying the game because they're forgetting the, the easy analytics. Let me give you quick numbers. And I'm going to give you this stat about Mike Trout. Mike Trout, greatest hitter in our game today, hitting 333 for his career. If you get him 0-2, he hits 182. Wow. You get him 1-2, he's hitting 191. Mm. If you're behind him 2-0, he hits 487. Wow. So it's it's guys it's about strike throwing and accuracy and writers can sit here and try and blow smoke up the owners butts all day but the, guys this is more about the collective bargaining agreement and trying to separate the union I, I was a player rep this, this is all crap by the owners. You know what we're not talking about moving the all-star game. We're not talking about the Astros cheating. We're not talking about any of that crap. Now we're going to pick on the pitchers. So to me this is just all a bunch of crap. Oh, I can hear Kumbaya right now with the owners and the players, Gordon. Can't right. you hear it? Right, yeah. I mean, can't figure out why we're not getting along, right? I, I, I agree with 90% of what Rob said there. Uh, and, you know, what, what Pete said is a little bit of a conspiracy theory. But to me, that's one of the more believable conspiracy theories because, mm-hmm. like, he, he doesn't have any proof that that's what baseball has done. But it seems quite reasonable when you know how baseball operates. So, that, I'm sorry, that's not uh, that's not that crazy to think that baseball is altering the baseball based on the, the free agent market. That's not exactly reptilian overlords or the Illuminati in my mind. <laughs> no so. question about it. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Our number two. Thursday night edition of the show. Thanks for stopping by, hanging out with us at 1-800-919-3776. All right, Gordon, finish your thoughts, my friend. Oh, I was just listening to Giannis there talk about his defense, their defense yeah. there at the end. Yeah, it was praying. That was it was, a, it was a couple of prayers that we said in the huddle. It wasn't um, even that. It wasn't even that. I was telling the guys the defense at the end was, thank, thank goodness the Nets messed up the inbounds play. Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, I guess my thought was we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, Rob you Dibble's comments. Dibble, the only yeah. one I would disagree with is, you know, it's, it's a very easy uh, scapegoat, the analytics. I would just mm-hmm. say if it's so wrong and if it's so messed up, why is it that the successful teams, all the successful, well, all the teams are using it, but the successful teams are using it the best, right? Like how could you possibly explain what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing. The Rays are not doing this over a 20-game or a 50-game or a 90-game sample size. They're doing this now year in and year out. So uh, I know that we all don't like to think math when we're watching baseball, but (laughs) the math kind of works. There's a reason why the the successful teams are the ones that are most invested in it, and a lot of the teams that are not successful year in and year out are the ones that shy away from it. Or it's the ones, Gordon, who have not, made their team up the correct way. In other words, when you look at the successful teams, you look at the Houstons, you look at the Tampas, you look at uh, teams like that, you look at Boston, they're able to beat you both ways, Gordon. They can play long ball with you if they need to, but they can also play, quote, small ball, unquote. They can can move the runner over. They can make contact. They're more versatile than what the Yankees are. They're fundamentally sound, right? Exactly. they, They can steal a base if they need to, even though they don't do that very often. They can play defense as well. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be a well rounded team. It's not just one way. Uh, and that's part of the arguments that we have about the Yankees, the way they've built things. It's not really that they've invested so heavily in the analytics is that they have not paid attention to some other aspects of the team that could certainly be improved. 
Yeah, well, what they've done is they've, they've, they've built their team where they can only win one way. Yes. <laughs> that's what they've done. Now they're all in. When they beat you that yes, way, they, are. They, they hammer you. But, yes, that's the only way. You know, and maybe they have misread the analytics, right? Because they're more into the okay. Why would this home run the strikeout? You know, let's not. Why would you race, uh, wasting that bat, moving the runner over, and stuff like that? So they are of that nature. But then again, Gordon, when you get to the postseason and you realize that you're, the type of pitching you're going to face is not the it's not the roller coaster that you face during the regular season, it kind of helps you to be versatile in how you can beat a team. And so, with the Yankees having so much being so unsuccessful previously doing it this way, you makes you wonder why they didn't subtly make some adjustments, right? Just a couple of players, Gordon. Yeah, well, this this offseason, they really didn't make any, right? I mean, they, yeah, they, they signed Kluber to the deal that he got and, you know, a little tweak here. They brought back LeMayhew, and um, everybody was happy, you know, generally was happy about that at the time, even though he, he slumped so far this year. Um, so it wasn't like they went out and even invested more in it. They just basically stayed the same. They basically brought back the bands from last year and hoped that a full season would would uh, lead to better results. And there's still a long way to go, but so far, not so good. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting to see, and, and obviously what will happen this season will dictate that clearly, and we understand that. But it will be interesting to see if going forward what they will try to do and I realize from a financial standpoint and all the contracts and stuff they have, it's not going to be easy. They're going to be limited in some of the things they'll be able to do. But it would be interesting, Gordon, to see if they make little tweaks where, you know, listen, um, they have some decisions to make. Do you Are you still going to believe that Aaron Hicks, can you still rely on him to be your everyday center fielder with the injury situation he's had? I mean, situations like that, they've got to make some adjustments. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean – it will depend on how the story ends this year, but and I would think that if they don't make the playoffs or if they're a quick out in the playoffs in a wild card game or even uh, in the opening round, if that's the case, you're going to have to shake some things up somewhere. I just don't know where that would be. Obviously, mm. you know, Stanton is one of those ones that's a, the problem, but he's not going anywhere. LeMahieu nope. not going anywhere. Uh, I still think that Judge is in their long-term plans. Now, if it turns out he's hurt again or something like that, he still has another year before you have to worry about his contracts. So he's not going anywhere. Um, I guess maybe you might think about with all the shortstops available this offseason, uh, uh, maybe moving Voight, putting LeMahieu at first full term, mm. moving Glaber back to second base, and then signing one of those shortstops that's available. Maybe that's a way you go. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, center field is going to be an issue. The problem is, is is that Aaron Hicks has four more years on his deal. I know. Four more years. I mean, that's crazy. crazy. Uh, that was such a – at the time, I didn't think it was that bad because he was young and it was – you know, it's $10 million a year, which is not that much for an outfielder. But, boy, oh, boy, that was – that one's been a disaster. But you know what, Gordon? It's been real funny about him because there's been something about him that the Yankees have liked forever. I yes. mean, even when he wasn't hitting, yes. they kept him in the lineup. Even mm-hmm. when he wasn't fielding well, they kept him in the lineup. And you're like, who the, does he have pictures of something on the with a somebody with a yak or something yeah, like that? I like, don't know. Well, yeah, but he, they just see, and I don't know whether he's a nice guy or it's something they see or they. And listen, when he's healthy. Before this year, really, but for a couple of years, Gordon, when he was healthy, he performed. I mean, he gave you some 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 punch. He was a really def- really good defensive center fielder. He had good range, so you know you understood it. And then logically, hey, look, let's sign him. Let's lock him up long term because if he gets if he has more success, it's going to cost us more to keep him. Well, unfortunately for them, you know, he hasn't really had more success, and he hasn't played. Yeah, I think they gave him the contract after 2018. 2018, he played 137 games. Uh, he he hit 248 with an on base of 330. Uh, th- excuse me, 366 and a slugging of 467. So an OPS of 833 in center field. That's hard to find. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know you could kind of understand it at the time, but he played 137 games that year. He has played almost 137 games since then. Mm. He played 59 in 2019, 54 last year, and 32 this year, and his season is over. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and what's he going to do next season? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and see, that's the question: Is he going to fully recover? Is he going to have other injuries? I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure that they will say that you know he'll be fully ready for spring training. They expect him back and everything. It's 145 games, if my math is correct. Never trust my math, but I think it's correct. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you have to. You almost have to approach it now as if he is not going to be an everyday player. Yeah. Like he almost has to. You have to figure out somewhere where. It's almost like when you have the starting quarterback who you're not really fully invested in, so you have to have someone there that you know at some point is going to get a significant run at that position because mm-hmm. his injury history is just such that you can't rely on him. It's almost to the point, Gordon, where you have to go out and get a center fielder and say, well, if he comes back, we'll play him in left. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm serious. Well, I mean, you but you, but they, they have plans to put uh, Giancarlo out there at some point, Larry. Uh, yeah, I'm you, sure you, don't do. wanna, you don't want to mess up those plans, right? Yeah, I know. Sure. I, re- then, I remember I mean, that. If you're, if you're doing that, where's Andujar playing? Well, is, is he going to still be here to be a left fielder? Yeah, I don't know. I get I, With the amount of money that they're spending on a couple of guys, obviously the, the two main ones, mm-hmm. uh, I think that they want to have as many young, productive players yeah. as possible. And, yeah. and obviously Andujar would check off those boxes. And you know what? He's not doing a bad job in left field. No. He had He's that one play the other job? day. Uh, I'm sure there's been another player that I'm forgetting or something, but no, I mean, he has not been, he's not been a butcher out there. He's handled the position. Okay. He's, he's athletic enough that he can move around and you would think that he's going to get better at the position as he goes along, but plus he's uh, hitting. Yes. So as long as he's hitting, it's a plus. Yes. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll play him a catcher if we need to, to get that bat in the line. I mean, we need somebody to be hitting here. So yeah, I mean, they'll play him anywhere if they can get that bat in the lineup. pretty <laughs> At the end of the day, um, I'm going to come back and be the best I can for my team, um, not just for a short span, but for a very long time. So, like I said, I don't have no no expectation on this set day or when I'll be full goal and this. I'm going to come to work every single day because um, that's all I know. That's the voice of Saquon Barkley of the New York Football Giants. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. And, Gordon, when you've been gone a full season – if you're Joe Judge, the last thing you want to hear is, I'm not sure when my star running back is coming back. Yeah. Was that Saquon Barkley? I mean, we're like 18 months into this pandemic. Can we not – can the Giants not afford a better audio system than that? I mean, it sounded like he was out on Neptune or something like that. Um, yeah, look, it's still a long way away from opening week and all those type of things. but And it wasn't like you were expecting Saquon to participate in OTAs anyway. But I don't know. I would have thought that there would have been a little bit of a clearer blueprint mm-hmm. for him moving forward, especially since he got injured in week two last year. Yeah. You know, that was pretty much the beginning of the season, and he went down, and you knew that he wasn't going to be back right away. So I would have thought that by now it would have been a little bit clearer cut and – you know, for all the changes that the Giants made this offseason, that's a that's a major one. And it, and it, it, it's, it's kind of everything else kind of relies on him being back. Right. We always talk about Daniel Jones. Well, what Daniel Jones am I getting? Am I getting the Daniel Jones with Saquon Barkley? Because he was pretty good. Yeah. The Daniel Jones without Saquon Barkley, he was not very good. The only thing I would say. Gordon, is that understanding that Joe Judge came from the Bill Belichick school right? where they don't tell you anything, like anything. Uh, maybe they know, but they don't want him to say. But uh, other than that, I was curious about that because there's, even if he should have a timeline, you know, I should be right. back by mm-hmm. training camp. Okay, he's not, even say, he's not even saying training camp will I be back. I, there's no timeline. Well, there should be because, you know, you you have to know if you're uh, the Giants, as you mentioned, if you're the Giants offense and that crew, you got to know when your number one running back is coming back here. Yeah. And look, I get it, right? They're going to, you know, Joe Judge basically said they're, they're going to play it by Barkley's body. They're not going to weigh it against anybody else's. They're going to do it right. Take a slow and cautious approach with one of your most important players. But, you know, it almost feels like that he's working to get his way back, but will he be ready for the start of the year? Like I would have felt a lot better if, if, if someone would have said, you know, by week one, he will be ready. There's mm-hmm. no, we, we don't doubt that. And I guess you don't want to put that 
on a player in case something happens or there's a speed bump or, or something does develop. But, you know, I remember when free agency started and they went out and, and didn't they bring in uh, Devontae Booker or something like that? I remember thinking at the time, like, that's a kind of yeah. a weird move mm-hmm. to be bringing in a running back when you expect Saquon Barkley back. And, and uh, you hope he's uh, – this is a big year for the Giants, right? It's all there it for is. them, and, and you've got to have Saquon. I mean, you take a look at Daniel Jones's numbers with Saquon and without Saquon, it's like he's two different players. So that is a big thing to kind of keep our eye on as we move along. Not that I'm comparing the two, but this is what Sam Darnold's year was last year is what Daniel Jones oh, is this year. Yeah, okay, The Giants have to make a decision on whether he's going to be their guy going forward. And, you know, listen, once again, very similar. Joe Judge, he didn't, you know, he didn't, he wasn't there when, when Daniel Jones got there. So he has no allegiance to Daniel Jones as a quarterback. If, yeah. if he feels that Jones is not getting, not the guy to get the job done, it's not going to bother him one iota to say, no, nah, we want somebody else. So this is a huge year for him. And, you know, listen, you as you mentioned, which one are you going to get? Well, in year one, you got a kid who surprised some folks. He had some turnovers. But in year one, you understood a lot of quarterbacks have turnovers in year one. So you, 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 you figured that was going to happen. Last year, he had some key ones. And the scary thing was the ability of the Giants offense to move between the 20s. But Gordon, when they got in the red zone, they were brutal. And... He turned out to be he turned out to be Saquon Barkley, right? He was running for for big yards in in a lot of these games. And then late in the season, he got the fumbleitis again. He started turning the football over. So this is a huge year for him. I would I would actually say I think in some ways this is a bigger year for Daniel Jones than it was for Sam Darnold last year because I mean I don't agree with it, but you can chalk up some of Sam's struggles to the supporting cast that he had mm-hmm. had around him. Daniel Jones' supporting cast is expected to be very, very strong, right? Like if Barkley's back to start the season um, and is 100%, along with Galladay and all the other weapons that you have on that offense, I mean, the Giants, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can be a playoff, that they can be a team that wins the NFC East this year. Mm -hmm. So, and it's just like the jets last year where you knew you were going to have some draft capital where if you want if you want to go get a quarterback after this upcoming season you will have that ability so i would almost say that this is a bigger year for daniel jones than last year was for sam darnold yeah you're right in that sense because of the fact yeah and, and listen and if saquon comes back it's even bigger mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah because so, we know I mean, he's good yeah we sure do we sure do speaking of sam darnold gordon did you see that he's Refusing to be vaccinated, yeah, that's got to I mean, that's got to be playing big in the locker room. <laughs> well, look, I'm sure that some people, you know, maybe it's within his circle they don't care, but you know, I don't know, man. I, I for anybody who says that they wouldn't get vaccinated, I would just like a reason why, and don't give me, you know, I just haven't thought of nonsense. You've thought about it and you've made a conscious decision that you don't want to do it now. Look, I'm not telling – I don't think that it should be forced upon him. It should be his mm-hmm. choice. But you look at a quarterback as a leader, mm-hmm. and there is a school of thought that a, a, a player, a quarterback's decision-making off the field is a kind of indicative of his – you know, if you're making bad decisions off the field, that might make you make risky, bad decisions on the field. And to me, this is one where I'm sorry. There's no other side to take – if you're Sam Darnold and not taking the vaccine again, especially considering this is a guy who's had some fluky things happen to him, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Hepatitis. you don't usually see the injury report and mononucleosis yeah. being on it. Right. That's so right. Right. why wouldn't you just remove the possibility of something derailing your season? Because that's very, very possible that, the, you know, if he were to come down with it, he's going to miss time. He's missed time in his previous three years. This is a big year for, for Sam Darnold. And why he wouldn't in the offseason just remove this as a topic that he doesn't have to worry about it at all. It's just a very, very strange decision. And really one that I, I'm kind of disappointed in him because I would like to see him go and, and save his career and salvage his career someplace else. And it, to me, it's just a dumb decision that really has. And, and look, it probably won't turn out to be anything, mm-hmm. but it's, 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 it's such an unforced error. It, it it's is. it's you know like the golfer the the guy uh, John Rahm when he when he had to withdraw from the the golf tournament because he tested positive you know people kept saying oh you, you got to feel heartbroken for him I don't feel heartbroken for him 
He did it to himself. He had the ability to go and, and get this taken care of, and it wouldn't be an issue at all. He decided not to do it, and it's a conscious decision not to do it. It's not just something you overlook. This is not you know, a, a, an overdue library book. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's been there every single week for the last year and a half. And to not do it, I don't know. It's just um, it's a very baffling decision, and I have yet to hear anyone give me any good reason why they wouldn't do it. And not to mention, Gordon, what about his teammates? Okay, if you don't want to do it, okay, you're making that decision for yourself. But what about your teammates? And we have seen uh, – I don't have to tell you, Gordon, you, there's, the whole Yankee team had been vaccinated and still right. got it. Yeah, absolutely. And there were still elements that – still a couple of people broke out with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so – and in football, I mean, it's even closer. Yeah, I, I, and it almost feels like um, – it almost feels like one of those issues that people like um, – uh, Nat, uh, uh, the the coach in, in Carolina. I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but it, it, he uh, almost, uh, yeah. Um, it, it, oh, right, uh, Matt Rule. I was going to say Matt Nagy. I'm like, no, he's in Chicago. I'm, I'm Matt, thinking Matt Nagy Rule. too. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Rule said that he did not want to uh, say whether or not he will talk to his players about. I'm like, w- why? Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> I know we probably shouldn't go to you're letting the idiots win. You're letting the idiots win. Everybody should just go get vaccinated. It's a simple thing. It's an easy process. And then you're done with it. it yeah. This is not, this is not a deep thing. This is medicine to make sure that you don't get sick from the virus that is going around. And, and why it's somewhat, you know, I can understand some people, um, you know, maybe they don't have the access to the proper information or whatnot. Sam Donald's not one of those guys. He is not. Nope. The NFL has got plenty of information. Oh, my God. Whatever you need to know with the physicians there, they would tell you. And it's so – you're absolutely right in what you're saying, Gordon. A couple of weeks ago in New York Sports and Beyond, I had a doctor from Stony Brook University, uh, one of the deans that deals with the the young interns and kids that are going out to study to be doctors. And we were talking about it. And Gordon, if you turn, if you went on the internet and seen some of the misinformation, oh my God, about this <laughs> vaccine, I mean, to the point of, I mean, like they're injecting chips in your, right? It's it's unbelievable the misinformation that's out oh there, yeah. and there are people who are believing that, yeah, okay, because of, honestly, a lot of misinformation that came out in the beginning about what was going on with this vaccine and the fact that Gordon, some people, as as I just mentioned with the Yankees, even though they were vaccinated, still had it. So people are like, well, if I'm going to get it anyway, why would I get vaccinated? Well, no, that's an isolated situation. And see, that's what people don't, don't realize, that this is, it really, your lifestyle, your body, your health, really determines how well this vaccine is going to work. Yeah. It's going to work, but it could work better you know what I'm saying, Gordon? If you're yeah. in better health, the earlier you take it, the better you're going to get. Well, it's all about risk analysis, right? Like, yeah. what's the downside to getting the vaccine? There is none. And what's the downside to not getting it? Well, it's potentially, it's pretty serious. And we're not just talking about, you know, dying. Or I mean, mm-hmm. you have people that have not been able to taste food or smell food months on end. Yeah. Uh, and it's just... I mean, it, it's so silly. You know, on my Instagram stories, I'll post, you know, silly videos that I'll see to try to give people a laugh every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And there was a person who was saying these things out loud in front of like a government panel where they were saying, well, I, did, I got the vaccine and now a metal sticks to me. And you're thinking to yourself, how are these people walking around? You, I become magnetized. What, what are you talking about? But that's that's the world we live in. Maybe Sam Darnold saw that there's a Johnson and Johnson vaccine, and he was a little worried from his time with the Jets. I don't know. He was concerned. It's like payback. They let me down before. (laughs) That's right. Unbelievable. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.